Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chopping Wood with Forrester Basketball, a podcast where we chop it up with players and coaches at HU. I'm your host, Ryan Walker. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Chopping Wood. Today, we have a special guest in Columbia City's all-time leading scorer. He'll take a charge from you at times, and his nickname, The Fridge, Mitchell Wilson. Today, you can thank Ben Hummerkaus for all that information. Uh, thanks for joining the show, Mitchell. Yeah, thanks for having me. Man. Why, why, don't you like, why don't you like those things? The, which, which one? The fr- I, I guess The Fridge. I don't know. I just don't like it. <laughs> why, why do they call you that, I guess? I don't know. They just they they call me they call me the fridge because the Clyde Keery transfer yeah, yeah. started it right. He called me that. I think I was talking trash to him at practice one time, and he said you're built like a fridge. And then I just didn't like it ever since. And they, they knew I don't like it, so that's why they keep calling me yeah, fridge. Yeah. But. Now we'll we'll move on to the 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 show in general here. You have been. As soon as you heard that there was going to be a podcast coming out, you have been on my grill like, "When am I going to get on? Like, I want to be on the first show." And I was like, "I was like, Mitchell, I already got my first guy. Okay, I'll be on the second one." You know, you've been pestering me about this, and I said, "You got to have a big game or like you, you know, whatever." And so I was like, "You know what? I'll make a deal with them." So after a game, I said, "You want to be on the show?" "Yep." "Okay, let's make a deal then." "Okay, let's do it." 15 points in a game. I'll have you on the sh- on the next show. And he goes, "What the heck, man? What the 15 points?" I said, "You want to be on the show? You got to do it." So what did you do that weekend? 15. Not a dime over, not one below. 15 15 points that game against Grace Christian University. So uh, it, it's been a couple weeks since then, but we've had Thanksgiving and then I was I had uh uh Caleb Millsworth on, but you made it, man. So, uh, did you look at your stat sheet and think about our deal at all no, in that I, game? I didn't. After the game, I looked at the box score. Actually, it was that night, and I was gonna text you because I didn't. I didn't know mm-hmm. what it was, and then I saw it was exactly fifteen. I was like, "Oh, Ryan's gonna get a kick out of this." <laughs> that was awesome, man. Because I, I didn't even know. I think uh, we were doing some. I think we're doing the women's broadcast. So I just forgot to even check what you guys were doing. Yeah. And I think I saw the score, and I'm like, okay, they're blowing them out. So yeah. I just didn't check, and I was yeah. like, all right, well, I'm a man of my word. So um, you guys just came off of a emotional win against Spring Arbor yesterday. You'll be hearing this on Friday, but we're recording this on Wednesday. Um, just describe what getting through the adversity of missing players due to uh, COVID and getting that first Crossroad League win uh, means to you guys. Yeah, it was tough when we had the guys go out because COVID because we were starting to get on a roll. We were starting to play together, get chemistry. And then they went out. We had a few tough losses uh, to Taylor and Bethel. And then we got a really good win mm-hmm. last night against Spring Arbor. It's always tough uh, to win on the road, especially conference games, no matter who it is. And to do it in the way we did, um, we just kept fighting, kept pushing. In the second half, when our backs were against the wall um, and – Somehow we got away with the dub, so it was really good for us. Yeah, and you guys played, I thought, really well uh, throughout the game. But you guys go down to Spring Arbor, hits a shot. I think it was a jump shot. Um, to go up by two, you guys called timeout. And Coach Alford drew up the exact same play for Zach Goodline against Marion last year in a buzzer beater to win the game. Well, this one was to tie it. And Zach goes all the way down the court and gets a layup. What? Why does that play work so well for you guys? You know, you know what's funny is because last year 
he got a game winner on the same exact play against Marion. Mm-hmm. And I was in at the end of the game, and I was in the same exact spot that I was last night. And um, I don't know. Once Zach gets the ball and he gets his head down, man, it's a scary sight. You better yeah. watch out. And the defender was on his hip, and it looked when I was I was in the same spot I was last night that I was in Marion, and I looked, and I was like, he's gonna make a layup somehow, and he mm-hmm. got it done. He's a big time player, so um, yeah, it was it was huge. Now we won't go into specifics on what it is if other teams are listening in you'll just have to go look at the footage but um yeah we we don't want to give that away too much but you guys lost several players due to covid and close contacts and you guys finally got almost your full team back landon was um not there of course he'll be back uh, and a couple guys just came back on monday so they only had one day of practice before going in um what what hurts the most not having those players back to full health or just not there in general um I think just in practice we can't run through uh the other team's plays scout it just hurts us there um I mean we're deep we're deep we can play we could play 10 guys there's always next up mentality you know we have guys that could come in and um you know pick up the slack that we lost with the guys out with COVID so that really wasn't an issue it was more we don't got guys for practice. Obviously, Lane Spence, huge parts of the team, and Lando. And um, but it's really just in practice. We only had eight guys, so I think we were running four, four on four, and then yeah. we were running two on two before we went and played Siena Heights. <laughs> so it's just hard in practice, time to get everyone looks on um, what Spring Arbor was like. So that I think that was the or what Taylor and Bethel were like. So I think that was just the toughest part. Uh, I mean, you guys have been a full team since. August. You guys came in a couple yeah. of weeks early or whatever, and now all of a sudden you have eight players that were available to play. How 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 weird was that? It was it honestly reminded me a little bit of last year because we had so many guys out last year, and um, yeah, it's weird for sure because all summer, everybody we had so many bodies, you know, all this, and it was great um, and all that. So. We had to adjust practices a little bit, and that was just the weirdest part because usually we, we were in that routine. Practice were a little different. So, like I said, we just didn't have any more bodies, couldn't give looks um, for those teams we were scouting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just the weirdest part, but we got through it. And now that you have all of your guys back, I mean, Lane had some good minutes yeah. yesterday. Spencer had some good minutes yep. yesterday as well, and I'm sure uh, Landon will do the same thing on Saturday. Um, so what – I guess having those guys back, does that bring your confidence back up? Because I'm sure the confidence in those games was kind of like, well, shoot, we have yeah. three very important players yeah. out. How does how does your confidence go up now going right back into conference play with your guys back? It goes up just because we, you know, all 15 of us know what we can do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we've played well together in those games where we've had all 15 guys. Um, you know, the starters go in, they do their thing, they're great, and then – once we start subbing, we've had we've had some chemistry. Guys like Lane, Spence, Lando, we all can come in and you know not give the give the starters a break, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we just had that chemistry and all that. So um, the conf- it definitely gives you more confidence knowing you go out there and playing with guys that you can trust and you've had trust since the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. And on Saturday, you're playing Mount Vernon Nazarene. They just dropped a 20 bomb on Taylor. Uh-huh. Um, does that worry you at all, knowing that you guys just had a tough one against Taylor at all, or what? What have you? Uh, what do you see with them? No, it doesn't. I don't think it worries any of us. I think the Crossroads League is such an elite level of basketball to play at 
So you got to be ready any given game. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter who you're playing. You could play the number one team in the country or a team that maybe hasn't even won a game any level. But the Crossroads League, I mean, it's elite level basketball, so you've got to be ready mm-hmm. for whoever you play. So each game's different. I mean, you've seen it broadcast, yeah. and so it, we just got to we just got to come prepared and know we're either it's going to be a tough game, but we just got to come prepared and you know play as hard as we can. Absolutely. Now we'll we'll shift more towards you. And now I I will be the first to say that you're not a selfish player by any means. I mean, you'll body up their biggest player. You'll take a charge, as I mentioned before, or you're always making that next pass. You're a high energy guy. But we'll go a, a little bit more individual stuff here. I mean, you're the all time leading scorer at a high school. Now, some players say that you don't like hearing about that <laughs> and what I'm going to get crap for it. <laughs> of course you are. Of course out. you are. Um, but what what is that feeling like? Oh, it's 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 awesome. You know, um, just you know, as a little kid, you know, sitting up in the stands watching some of the guys that I idled that played for high school, seeing them do their thing, go to college. Actually, a lot of the guys that I watched um, in high school, they came and played at Huntington. Oh really? Then, yeah. So then to go play in high school and be able to become the all-time leading scorer, it's definitely something that I don't take for granted. Um, I had a great high school experience, and that really just topped it off at the end. So, as a as a freshman, did you ever think that that was possible? Um, I would say no. I didn't. It didn't cross my mind. Um, I just wanted. I just wanted to do as good as I can each game, prove sure. myself as a freshman. And then um, I think I re- somebody mentioned something to me my junior year, and that's when I first realized that I kind of had a chance to break it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really was never in my mind. But um, once senior year started, there were a lot of people that would kind of always remind me because they knew that I definitely had a legitimate chance. So I didn't, I didn't really know or think about it starting freshman, sophomore year, but it was definitely – when people started saying stuff my junior senior year, it's kind of always in the back of the head. It's not something you think about when you're playing, mm. obviously, but it's always something that, you know, it's always going to be in the back of your head whether you like it or not. So. Hey, well, that's that's still that's still a really cool yeah. thing to have. Yeah, I mean, you sure. get to keep that for the rest of your life sure. or at least until somebody breaks that. Yeah. Is there anybody there that could be breaking that soon? or? Um, Not soon. Not, not soon? soon? Okay, yeah. okay, gotcha. Now, I end my podcast always with a fun question. Of course, this is also <laughs> thanks to your buddy Ben Hummerkaus. Here we go. Uh, so he was telling me a little story that <laughs> you and Bryce Alford have <laughs> been yeah, wearing God, each BA. other. Shout out BA. Been, uh, wearing each <laughs> other's jerseys uh, yeah. to different games and stuff. So just, uh, just I guess, take it away and tell me what that's all about. Yeah, so we played, I think we played, uh, our second game of the year we played Calumet St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know Bryce was coming. It all started when he posted something on his Instagram yep. about him him going to the G League in Chicago. And I just slid up and I said, like, let's get it, B.A. Like, it's your time, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he, I think he sent that to coach, the coaching staff, and they kind of gave me some flack for it. They kind of gave me some crap for it the next day. And it's kind of been a little joke. But he came to our game at Calumet, and I didn't know, but they gave him my jersey. And it was too small for him to put on, so he just held it up. So whenever I'd like dive in a loose ball or make a shot, he would always hold up the jersey, right? That's and hilarious. So after the game, I walked out there and Coach all I don't forget it was Coach Alford or his mom or someone came up to me. He's like, "Hey, you got to come meet Bryce." So I walked up and you know we chatted up. You know we got a good relationship right. going now. You know, and then we went to the 
we went to the Mad Ants game the next day, you know, chatted up some more. So, you know, shout out BA. For that me. is that is hilarious, man. That's good. That's good stuff. Well, hey, Mitchell, uh, good luck this weekend, and thank you so much for joining the show, man. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to our player interview on Chopping Wood. Let's bring in Carson Watkins as we break down Forster basketball. It was awesome hearing from Mitchell Wilson there, and he's a great player and all, but he's an even better person. He brings such a great and different energy to this team. I, I love talking to him. He's such a great guy, but now we'll bring in another great guy. It's Carson Watkins, and he joins here to talk a little bit about basically two weeks of stuff that we missed because we didn't do a podcast for Thanksgiving break. Uh, but there's been a lot of things that have been going on in this team. They've had a roller coaster of Crossroads League games mixed with COVID issues and uh, some positive tests and some close contacts and having only eight players available for a couple of games. So uh, that stinks, but they're all back by at least Saturday, which you'll be hearing this on Friday, so tomorrow. Uh, and we had a Spring Arbor game that was every bit as a roller coaster as well as these last two weeks have been for the team. And we'll preview a little bit of Mount Vernon as well, the team that they'll be playing on Saturday. But Carson, thanks for joining. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Last night was a lot of fun. Got a W finally. Yeah. So it's high spirits yeah. here. I'm, I was talking to my mom actually a little bit ago and I was like, I'm just really glad we won last night because this would have been a really bad, upsetting podcast if we didn't pull out a win there. Yeah, but now we have a lot to talk about. It's always better on the bus rides coming back and it's just exciting and everybody's happy. And if you lose, then it's like, well, here's a two hour drive of sorrow. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so let's, let's get in a little bit of. Uh, conference play, not what they wanted to start with at 1-2 and two in conference play in a tough crossroads league. They went 0-2 to start, um, and I'm not going to blame it on COVID here, but when you go into overtime with a team um, like Taylor, and Taylor's a very talented team. They played really well, and, man, that one guy made threes like it was going out of style. But are, you, are you talking about Caden Furman That's exactly <laughs> who I'm talking about, yes. And this team had three players that were out and they go 0 and 2 in the crossroads league play they get most of those guys back and they take a win at a very tough place to play i mean a very beautiful mcdonald athletic center at spring arbor it is a great facility but they crunched out a win they were down by four with like maybe less than a minute 30 left and they they pulled it out they went down two with four seconds, drew up the same play that they drew up for Zach Goodline against Marion last year on the buzzer beater victory, only this time it was successful to go to overtime, and they kind of dominated overtime. They won by five. and It was it was just a great atmosphere, and it was a huge win for them, Carson. Absolutely, Ryan. And, you know, kind of like we talked about, the, I, I do agree with you. I don't want to blame it on the fact that they, you know, were shorthanded, but... You know, when you leg out one, like you said, against Taylor, and the Bethel game was pretty close until the end, I think you can sit there and say, well, if X, Y, Z would have happened, we wouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. And that was one thing that was really frustrating about the Taylor game, especially, was that you you make a list of everything that can go wrong for a basketball team that market off everything went wrong for the Foresters in that game. Untimely fouls, difficulty at the free throw line, players out... Dominant performances from someone who wasn't even really a standout coming into the game. A good player. Good but player, but not like... Not 40 points good. <laughs> yeah, certainly not what we were expecting. So literally just everything went wrong 
But and then you go to Bethel, a very good Bethel team who has a lot of. They had a deep bench, like their entire oh, row was full, and you know the Foresters had three guys sitting on the bench at, at one particular time. Exactly. And th- they, that was that one wasn't as pretty. It was ninety six, ninety eight. A lot of those uh, points for Bethel there towards the end were on a one and ones. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it was just really nice to get to Spring Arbor, and that was something I was worried about. I said, okay, so when we go back in February and we're looking at the tournament seedings. Are we going to sit here and say, okay, well, we started off 0-2. We've obviously hopeful, improved on that. Are we going to look at those two games and say this was a mirage? They were shorthanded. They couldn't leg it out. They were tired. The other guys, they could just throw things at them, especially that starting five who played an exorbitant amount of minutes that week. Yes. And sit here and just say, okay, well, th- that was a mirage. We can chalk that up to kind of what you said. Don't want to blame it on COVID, but kind of at the same time, half and half, really. Or was this something to be concerned about? Was this like, okay. And that was kind of the thought during the first half last night. They they weren't exactly clicking right away. Like you said, nobody really, they had one practice together. But once they started forming, and you saw them kind of starting to get back together again as a unit. And that's when they came back and won that game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of the credit goes to, of course, those eight players that were uh, able to play. And they their minutes jumped up, of course. The starting five had to just reel out that victory, of course, with uh, Spring Arbor and just reel out those games against Bethel and uh, who, who am I? Taylor, of course, of course. Um, so I think the credit goes to them, but individually, Zach Goodline, who had not been struggling, but he was averaging, I think, around 11 points a game or something at that point. He was second on the team and points per game, and Lane goes out, who was their leading scorer, and it was a huge spark. No pun intended there. That just happens. But good, Zach Goodline, the leader on this team, that's something that I think that they needed, is they needed a definite leader. And as soon as Huntington got hit with COVID, he has been the guy for them. Absolutely, and that was one thing. He was playing great, what I have to call hero ball. Like, there were some shots at Bethel, that just looked like they were risky shots, but you know it was crunch time. You had to shoot them, and they were just going in. I think that's somebody, and he played hero ball again last night. So hopefully, as his team gets together more and starts clicking some more, it's fun to watch him do that. But that he doesn't have to do that. He, you know, he plays. I think your dad said like he didn't even sit the bench at all in the second half. Yeah. yeah. And if he he barely sits in the first, like he might sit for like a couple minutes, give or take some foul trouble, but it's just. He's so fun to watch. He's so emotional. He's very passionate. And I'm just I'm happy for him. I'm happy that they laid out that win last night. He clearly enjoyed it. If you see if you saw his uh, interview with you after the game, it's just it was awesome to see. Yeah, he was I think he was getting a little frustrated. He was missing some shots and uh, during that Spring Arbor game, but towards the end of the second half, I mean with in crunch time, he was elite, and nobody was going to stop him. And that's what Huntington needed on a team that was still depleted because of COVID. Yeah, they only had one player that was out, but you got to consider Spencer Ballinger and Lane Sparks had only been back one day. They had one day of practice that they were able to get out of quarantine and go out there and just get ready for the game tomorrow against a tough Crossroads League opponent, a team that had won a national championship two years ago. So that it was an incredible effort from Zach Goodline, and he is the definite leader, definitely on this team, and he is starting to prove that. So 
one and two in conference play and give or take COVID issues and whatever. But this is where they sit, no matter what. You know, nobody's going to feel sorry for you, or no, nobody's going to say, "Oh well, we'll take the we'll take those games away or whatever." <laughs> this is what they are given. But we just talked with Mitchell Wilson a little bit, and I said, "Are you guys confident now that you got your guys back? Or are you guys a little worried?" Yeah, well, shoot, we're one and two, and we've got a really t- we haven't played the top tier teams yet. And he said, "No, I think we're really confident." And what we have. And now that I think they have that definite leader, the Foresters were able to learn how to play if guys like Lane and Spencer maybe are getting into foul trouble or are not there or if there are injuries. They they learned how to play without those guys. So now that they're back, they're even better and they're battle-tested. I agree with you, absolutely. And you said they haven't got to that stretch. And I think what's really going to define this team, it's not going to be this 0-2 start. 100% it is not going to be this 0-2 start. Put me on the record saying that. They get back from Christmas break. They're going to play Madonna at Madonna on the 20th. Then they're going to have about a week and a half off. Then on New Year's Eve, they're going to come back to the forest and play St. Xavier. Three-day break, number one ranked St. Francis on the road. Number 11 ranked Marion on the road. Number 8 Indiana Wesleyan at home. Number receiving votes right now, Grace College at home. And they will be ranked very soon here. They're undefeated. They're undefeated, so they will be ranked. So that is what's going to define this season. This team has aspirations to go to the national tournament to maybe make a run in the Crossroads League. That's where you do it, right there. This 0-2 start, like I said, it's most likely a mirage from what we saw last night. Mm -hmm. That's gonna those four games. If you can go two and two, if you can go three and one, if you can pull out a miracle and go undefeated in those four and zero games, yeah. that is what's going to define your season. If you go zero and four in that stretch, that's panic time. Yeah, I think, but that, I mean, it's it's so far ahead too that I'm I'm not really even sure what to think at that point. But when you get to that point, everybody's going to be back for a long time. You know, COVID is not even an issue at that point anymore. So when you look at that stretch, even if you go two and two, you have two top 25 victories. So when at the end of the season, if you, if you're looking at, if you're on the outside looking in, you know, one of the bubble teams, you say, Hey, in this stretch of four games, we beat two of these teams. And those are some huge victories. And one of them could be St. Francis. I mean, that, that could be a victory that they can say, hey, we can compete with any team in the nation. Absolutely. And even that, you said mentioning the bubble team, that that's a good start. But then at the end of the season, St. Francis, Indiana Wesleyan, Marion, Goshen, Grace to end the season. These schedule makers weren't were not really nice to us this year, right? Well, <laughs> what are you supposed to do when you've got half of the Crossroads League ranked in the top 25? What are you supposed to do? I don't know. I was just joking. But, <laughs> well, I mean, that's just those, like, those two stretches right there are going to define this season. Once again, you know, if you go 2-2, two 3-1, and 4-0, two, and and oh, that'll be huge for, for the, you know, the voters to say, okay, well, maybe Huntington didn't win the Crossroads League. Maybe they didn't win the tournament. Maybe they only got to the second round. Second they round's a big deal. Second round, I mean, in an eight-team <laughs> tournament, that's not— it's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. I agree. I, I don't want to underplay it. It's down to the last four teams yeah. in a stacked league. I mean, you get one win, huge, especially if it's on the road. Like, if Huntington's sitting at a five or a six seed, you know, you upset a top 25 team on the road, that's a big deal. 
Yeah. Okay. Thank you for In crunch time. Me. I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, but like that's like like you said, bubble team. If you can sit there and say, like you said, they won a good game on the road in the tournament. They played tough in the second round, maybe even the yeah. championship game, then they're going to say, we got to let Huntington in. There's no way to say this. They play in arguably the toughest division in this league. Exactly. Exactly. We, they deserve their spot in this tournament. Now, if you don't mind moving up on your schedule there, I don't have anything pulled up, but in the next couple of games here after Mount Vernon, uh, Mitchell Wilson mentioned it. They've got like five non-conference games in a row, including Simmons College, Indiana Tech, IU East, Madonna, and St. Xavier, they have now five games in a row where, yes, those games completely matter. Those are non-conference games, so they, they're not Crossroads League games, but those are five games where if you go on a good stretch and you figure it out with the guys that are coming back from COVID, that's, that's a big deal. And guess who they play after that? Saint Number Francis. one, St. Francis. So if they can figure it out at that point, that's a really good game to go into. And non-conference matters. You know, if they have a good record coming out of that, they're right back where we thought they would be. You know, obviously taking the two losses in a row uh, stunk, and the one against West Virginia Tech stunk, but they're sitting here at 7-3. and three. It's not six and four. Mitchell Wilson said he said it looks a lot better. Seven and three looks a lot better. So you go on a good stretch here, and you go into St. Francis, and then there's Marion after them as well. They might be very much so battle tested and playing their best basketball at that point. Yeah, and you also have to remember that Huntington did beat Marion on the road last year, so they've proven that they can do it. Yep. And if you know, and like we said. Once again, we're looking at the voters come late February, early March, and you know, even let's just say, let's say they lose to St. Francis by a possession or two. What if, what if, what if that happens? That's a completely logical, yeah, possibility. It's an argument. Yeah, it's an argument. And you say, okay, well, they had some of the best games against this team. Once again, like you said, they can compete with anybody, and that's why this team potentially deserves to have an at-large bid. Come. March, April to go to the tournament. Right, and I mean, close victories in basketball, in college basketball, doesn't mean a thing. But if you're on the bubble and you played a top five team at the end of the year, St. Francis, I mean, who knows? They could be number one. They also have to play a ton of teams. Mm -hmm. But if they're close to number one at the end of the year and Huntington's sitting there maybe with a couple more losses, you can sit there and say, hey, we competed with these guys. And I know they a win means so much more. But if you play one, two possession games against some of these teams and you get a couple victories against some of those teams, you know, if you beat a, a Marion, a St. Francis, or a Grace, Indiana Wesleyan, whoever, a combination of whatever, that's a huge deal because a lot of these teams are not playing that conference schedule. A lot of teams are... They could still play a good conference schedule, but top to bottom, nobody's better than the Crossroads League. That's that's some beef. It absolutely is, and I think, he, if I may be positive for a moment, we see some really good things. Like you mentioned, even with that eight team, Ben Hummer Cows plays the one of the best defensive games I've ever seen here against Hubbard. Mm -hmm. He's gonna have to go up against David Edja, who's a I think a preseason All American, if I'm not mistaken. He is up big, yeah. bruising, powerful. So Ben's probably going to be responsible to cover him. Zach Goodline's really good down in crunch time. Peyton West is playing pretty good defense right now. 
these guys are going to have to step up in some of these games. And if even if you look at that, maybe maybe that's another thing the voters consider. Oh, they have a bunch of first and second team conference players. So it's like these little things that you have to start getting throughout the year to get Huntington's first tournament berth in, I think, about seven years. Yeah, I, and we'd be the first people to vouch for it. I mean, it, it, if anything, it's it's hard for you to brand your team because it, this is not NCAA Division One, where you can vouch for your team. You have all this really nice footage and media coverage and stuff like that. But that's what that's what we're here for, Carson. You know, uh, hopefully uh, the right person listens to this or the right person reads this tweet or the right person sees this and they go, you know what, I think those guys at Huntington are right. You know, here's this, this, and that, and you get more of a vouch for that. So we need you, Forestry Nation. You know, if you're hearing this right now, you know, continue to be a presence on social media. You know, continue to get this brand out here at Huntington. You guys are doing a great job with that. Carson and I were talking a little bit about a uh, video of Zach Goodline that I posted the other day. It it got a lot of lot of traction, and that's that's awesome. If they continue to do stuff like that and we keep the ball rolling here, it's a snowball effect, and people are going to take notice and say, hey, this Huntington team is actually kind of legit. Absolutely, and like you got to mention our media traction. I posted a Lane Sparks dunk in the Crossroads League tournament that got like one thousand eight hundred views, far more than I was expecting. That's crazy. You know, his his friends were retweeting it. So you know, once again, friends of the Foresters. If you you know, if you see your buddy, he's if you see Ben Hummercow slamming one, he probably (laughs) did. Retweet it. Get involved. Post it on, post it on your Instagram story. Get involved. I, I think I, I do like how you just vouch for a, a four-year consideration campaign to the NAIA tournament voters. Hey, by the way, let's just uh, we'll send them a little CD and a link to this podcast. But hey, this team definitely deserves to be in this tournament. Listen Even to Chopping Wood. Listen to Chopping Wood. Everyone should listen to Chopping Wood. It's a great podcast. It sure is. Now, last thing, we'll preview a little bit. Mount Vernon. This is a tough team. They're not ranked, but you look at them. Eight and three, two of those losses in conference play. They're one and two, just like Huntington. But they didn't have to play guys like Taylor, who's still a tough team, or like Spring Arbor, still a good team. But who they play? Number one, St. Francis. And they also played top 25, Grace. And they just got to win 20 points over Taylor. So when you look at it, and you can never look at it like this, but a week ago, a week and a half ago, Huntington loses to Taylor at home in overtime. Mount Vernon beats Taylor by 20. You know, I know we had players out, but you have to look at that at least and say this is a tough matchup, and it doesn't really matter that they're not ranked or whatever. This team is very good. Yeah, and this has been a very even series the last couple years. They're 5-5 and in the last five years. And I think one thing for the Foresters is that they've had a tendency to lose this game at home like they are going to be the Saturday, in absolutely heartbreaking fashion, mostly at the hands Ugh. of my nightmare fuel, Javen Knox, <laughs> who hit a who hit two buzzer oh, beaters back to back years. Yeah. So this Forester team could not let off the gas this weekend. That's well, he's just, not there anymore. So I know he's not, but I'm still scared. I know, I know. I, <laughs> I know. just I can't get it out of my head, Ryan. That's funny, but yeah, just previewing that matchup. That's going to be here at Platt Arena at the conclusion of the women's game that starts at 1. So projected time around 3 o'clock, maybe a little bit after, maybe a little bit before. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, come out to Platt Arena. This team has all their guys back. Landon Jordan will be back. So if you want to watch some high-flying dunks, maybe that will happen. 
or watch Mitchell Wilson, who you just heard from. So Carson, man, I know we talked about a lot today. I thought it was a great show. Love talking to Mitchell and love uh, chopping it up with you. No pun intended there. Actually, pun was intended. But hey, man, thanks for joining the show and let's go get him on Saturday. And no problem. Really excited. Thank you for tuning in to Chopping Wood with Forrester Basketball. For more on HU Hoops, visit Ryan Walker HU on Twitter and catch more episodes of Chopping Wood every Friday. Thank you for listening. This has been Ryan Walker.